Welcome to I Spit in Your Mouth. An ooky something podcast? Yeah, ooky something. Like ooky something. (laughs) We are your hosts. I am Dottie Spartans. And I am Gulia Spartans. And we will be your hosts through this haunted... Hole. Hole. (laughs) That is a podcast. Gaping hole. I don't know why I framed that as a question. <laughs> I know. I don't, like a podcast? Is question it? mark? Uh, it's, it definitely is a podcast. It's something. And um, we have a lovely guest for you today. We do. All the way from Ohio. I don't even know what to say about Ohio. <laughs> um, I have I. no opinion. Uh, I don't think I have a comment either. Uh, maybe not. But what's, what's Ohio? What has come from Ohio? Besides our lovely guest, Buddy Candela. <laughs> uh, not only does he have a an extensive uh, resume in film, television, podcasting, and other things, he Everything. also has a lovely mustache. He does. Um, I was I was turned on. I know, we could tell. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if I could take him him and his mustache and my boyfriend and his mustache. Just mustache ride everything. Uh, mustache rides for me. Uh, before we welcome in Buddy, uh, how has everything been with you, Gula? You know, I've been fighting with the DMV for about four weeks you now. You sure have. <laughs> so I'm, uh, I've been better. Yeah. But you're getting to see your grandma tomorrow? No, I'm not. Oh, no. <laughs> um, but we'll, we'll get to that. Oh, I'm well, at least now you have the possibility to Correct. see your grandmother, Correct. which you haven't been able to do in a year. Because so we are all fully vaccinated. Hell yeah. Um, yeah. And hopefully soon you'll have your car on the road since they finally took that money out of your account. Oh no, they were real quick to take the fucking money, but they won't give me my goddamn plates. Oh my God. So that's where I'm at. How are you do- do- the doing, Dottie? <laughs> um, I've had a rough week. Cried at work a couple times. but Love that. Um, but other than that... Um, you know, doing well. Today was the first time that I went into an establishment without my mask on. Now that the uh, the mask ma- mask mandate has been lifted for fully vaccinated individuals mm-hmm. in New York State. Um, Although you still do have to check with your local establishments because yes. let's be respectful of the people working. And- yes, absolutely. So I went in, I went into Home Styles Bakery and they still were asking everyone to wear their masks. Which, so which is perfect. That's so I, wonderful. I wore That's my fun. mask without question. Uh, but then I went over into the coffee house and they had a little um, notice on the door saying that if you're fully vaccinated, feel free to come in without your mask. And I did. And I felt like everyone was staring at me the entire time. Right? It's weird. And I was really nervous. And I like could, like, couldn't figure out why I was so nervous. And I was like, oh, I'm nervous because this is the first time I've been in a public establishment without my mask on and it felt really uncomfortable. So um, hopefully soon that will start to dissipate. Yeah. I don't know. I still, uh, I haven't done it at an establishment that like, I don't, I don't know. I haven't done it yeah, yet. It was, I still feel weird. Yeah, it was, but um, I, I basically it was just me without my mask. And then uh, there was another woman who came in and she had her mask on, but then she, saw me without my mask and she like slowly took hers off and her and I had an exchange about how like we're both vaccinated but we both felt really uncomfortable yeah. about it. It's like um, we don't want people to think we're a Republican. It, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not that. Please don't. Um but yeah. But 
you know, things, I feel like things are starting to slowly get back to, um, not normal, but, uh, to, uh, a place where we can start to be comfortable embracing one another again. I did spitting buy, each other's mouths again. I did buy a ticket for my first show. Oh, uh, post pandemic. Wow. Which I feel it's going to be weird. Um, I might, I may or may not have like a giant mental breakdown because who knows, but it's yeah. in October. Okay. So that, that gives um, you some time. So I have some time and we have to see how things go, but yeah, I'm excited for that. Yeah. And it's, my, a, it's a band that I really like, so I'm just excited, and but I'm also scared shitless. Yeah. I bought the ticket, and I was like, this is weird. Yeah, and then um, I started doing my shows again. Mm-hmm. I had my first one May 25th, uh, April 25th, and my next one is actually going to be the day after this episode uh, there airs, so, um, so May 30th. Really, really excited to uh, be back and, and performing for people again, so... Um, yeah, without further ado, we are going to welcome in our super special guest from the spirit world. Uh, he's got a lovely mustache, and I hope that he will let me ride it someday. You're just very focused on I that am. mustache. I am. Oh my goodness. I'm so sorry to his wife, but... She is, won't listen. That is a glorious mustache, <laughs> and I and I and it needs to be ridden. So I hope she's riding it. I'm sure she is. She better be. Here he is. The, the prodigious, I know you hate that word, and um, super sweet. I think I just, I, you know what, I have no opinion about it because I don't know what it means. <laughs> uh, he's wonderful, he's talented, and he has uh, a, a work ethic that surpasses both me and Gulia. Yeah. Here he is, Buddy Candela. Is there anyone there who wishes to speak to anyone here? <laughs> are calling out into the spirit world buddy hello are you with us if you're... Ooh. Ooh. i think i think buddy is with us but i know i was like this is one of our quickest ones yet he was ready listen i like i like a man who is ready off the jump a, a man a man who i don't have to work hard to um get up i'm the exact opposite <laughs> no i definitely don't have any problems with that i'll tell you that right now it's fine no, yes welcome <laughs> i'm very i'm very glad to hear that buddy yes uh, buddy candela thank you so much for being here with us we are um we had some scheduling snafus but we were able to make it work and um, we're very excited we are yes i am very excited to be on the show um this is actually i've been hosting horror podcasts for many many years but i've never been on one so you guys have the distinguished honor my first ever appearance on a on a horror podcast so should be fun it's going to be interesting being on the other side of this yeah i was Um, gonna say don't worry we'll take it easy but we don't no we we never never (laughs) um our our motto is use the blood as lube and just yeah keep it going (laughs) but um, but I'm very happy that you um, you groomed your mustache, especially for us. Thank you so much. I, I did. It's freshly <laughs> trimmed. I, I was, was de- I was debating mustache. I was debating taking it off uh, completely because yesterday I was told I look like a bit of a cop. So I was like, oh, so trimmed it a little bit. See, still- it's like it's like somewhere between a cop and like leather daddy. So it's fine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, so, cool. 
Glad to hear that. <laughs> put on some, put on some ash, assless chaps, and no one will question it. Yeah. Or like even just a little harness, you know. Like yeah. I understand diving, deep diving into assless chaps straight away can be a little intimidating. So just like a little harness, not deep diving Maybe, into assless. I, <laughs> I choose my words correctly. Thank you. But even like the little, the little, what is that? The page boy hat, like the little, no, the little. I don't know what the fuck you call them. Those little like leather sailor hats. Yeah, basically, yeah, is what yeah. You're, yeah. I, I know what you mean. Yeah. Sorry, that was well, already <laughs> off topic. I know you're good, <laughs> man. <seconds. Yeah. laughs> so, um, so buddy, the first question that we ask our guests is, why horror? Why the macabre? Why spookiness? What was it about the the genre or the lifestyle that um, that really spoke to you? Um, well, I, as far as I can remember, horror has basically been a part of my life, um, as far back as I can remember, basically, I mean, even as a child, I mean, I was always sort of drawn to the spooky stuff, not necessarily like horror films, but like Snow White, for example, it has the scene with like the creepy forest and stuff like that. Um, I was a big fan of Courage the Cowardly Dog um of course there's the dumbo acid trip scene just like everything that was like a little weird or spooky (laughs) it was like um it really really spoke to me at a young age um and everyone has their first like horror film moment right yeah everyone everyone remembers the first horror film that they ever saw um in their life and my story is a little interesting i guess um because most people be like oh we went to the movies and we saw a ring or saw or whatever it is um but me, I can't remember how old I was. I had this had to be like in the late '90s, so I'm thinking like in between like the ages of like five and seven, or maybe even like ten. Um, my dad was notorious for falling asleep on the couch late at night, and the TV was just kind of on, and I always had trouble sleeping. So I just remember always wandering downstairs and just like laying down there until I could fall asleep. And normally, the stuff like Leave It to Beaver or um, just whatever was on TV land at the time. But this one particular night, I don't know if it was TNT's Monster Vision. I don't know if it was some sort of marathon on like Turner Classic Movies or whatever the hell it was. But it was showing all the old Universal Monster movies. Ooh. And I didn't know it at the time, but the first horror film that I saw was called The Mummy's Ghost. Um, I was traumatized for life after that. <laughs> um, out of all of the like the big monsters and stuff like Dracula's Frankenstein and stuff they never really scared me but the mummy is one that's always sort of got to me um because I don't know if you guys are familiar with the film but the very end of the movie um the mommy the mummy's kind of walking with his mummy princess uh like through the threshold style or whatever when he's like carrying her and she's just rapidly aging into a corpse Mm -hmm. and it was the most horrifying thing I ever saw in my entire life um and yeah that's sort of the first time I watched one go ahead (laughs) no I was gonna say I love these like distinct memories that we have from childhood of like hey this was my first really big trauma let me tell you about it and like it's like little things like that where even if I'm sure if we reflect back on the movie now it's just like okay yeah you know whatever but as a child and you're young and impressionable and you like just see this body just aging rapidly into pure decay and grossness it's like oh I don't like that at all that is terrifying <laughs> that was like for me like the crypt keeper was terrifying yeah. to me as a child like but I couldn't look away it was like a train wreck yeah whereas like he would like the like tales from the crypt would be on and like I couldn't 
stop looking, but it scared the shit out of me. So then I'd just be up all night. Um, I also thoroughly remember um, one night, same, very same situation. My mother, I think my mother had fallen asleep on the couch and there was a documentary about um, the son of Sam. And I Ooh. grew up, I grew up in the Bronx in one of the neighborhoods where the son of Sam used to, you know, troll for his victims. Creep. So he used to creep. And so I creep. Anyway. Um, and it was so like traumatic. Yeah. And I, even though I knew he was in prison, I also knew that he was still alive and he would eventually going to be getting out. And it yeah. terrified me. And then I was uh, an extra in the movie. So that was a came full circle. See, I my my trauma, my childhood trauma actually is not really horror related, but more my uh, mother's husband at the time was really into aliens, <laughs> like yeah. really oh, no. into aliens. So he would watch all these documentaries and all this shit about like how the government, like not ancient aliens, but like about basically government cover ups in regards to extraterrestrial life. And here's all the proof and this, that and the third and the abductions and I was sitting there as a kid and I was like oh my god an alien is gonna abduct me and I'm gonna like be tested on and I was just scared shitless every yeah. single night and then just last year the the government was like hey UFOs here, here are the aliens yeah and, Tom yeah. Long from like, Blink is it like leaks the footage yeah. yeah and then everybody was like yeah but we're dealing with a lot of other things right now so like I can't even talk about so that they and just, even, like, like, yeah. just brush it under the yeah. rug and kept going so even last week they announced again that they saw an unidentified um, aircraft flying off the coast of California that just like plunged into the water and it was like on the news I think and like some point last week and no one really fucking paid attention to it I'm like what is wrong with you people <laughs> unbeknownst yeah. to them that was just my wet ass pussy <laughs> breaking news <laughs> you heard it here first well yeah <laughs> anyway now that that got completely ruined <laughs> what I do best I know uh, I know but so buddy you have a, an extensive imdb page well thank you uh, i guess <laughs> i guess i guess i mean look let, let's let's go through it shall we <laughs> um producer seven credits actor nine credits casting director four credits director six credits editor four credits then you have camera department composer music department miscellaneous sound department writer assistant director casting department <laughs> uh location management cinematographer <laughs> look at buddy's face he's like fuck <laughs> And I'm just like, and that's the stuff that's important enough to be on IMDb. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's like, I mean, then, then, I mean, either I have, love, like, I love effects, stunts. I love stunts. Oh, stunt, stunt, stunt coordinator, basically me telling people how to jump into a van safely. <laughs> I just, <laughs> I love the stunts. Thanks and self. Oh yeah. Those are my favorite. We love, we love a good special thanks. Um, yeah. Yeah. Super fun. I, I can't wait for my special thanks for. For appetite for some oh, we're gonna get we're gonna get to that later um so um you you have a few projects that are specifically horror related and you have others that are not necessarily horror but um why don't you tell us a little bit about um your horror related works so my horror related works actually date back to childhood as well um i always wanted to be a filmmaker even when i was a young child. Um, I did an entire podcast about it a couple years ago. I just called it My Horror Story, where I broke down all of these childhood films I used to make. I won't spare, I won't bore you guys with the details, but if the listeners out there want to hear about all the crazy films I made as a kid, 
um, that would be the place to go and listen about it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I shot a bunch of stuff on VHS, um, mainly with like action figures. And then when we got into, got into high school and I actually realized what the fuck I was doing, like with camera angles and editing and stuff like that, um, started doing some films on a digital camera, which unfortunately all of those are now lost <laughs> in the void. Um, Cause no. they were all, they were all on an old computer, which subsequently um, crashed. So all those are gone, but the memories are still there. So it is That's what it important. is. Um, but yeah, I mean, in college, I didn't really know what I was going to do. I mean, I knew I loved horror films. I knew I loved filmmaking, but I didn't really see like a career in it, I guess. So like I was just doing the undecided major thing, doing this and that. And then I saw a flyer um, hiring film crew for a horror film. And I was like, all right, bet <laughs> I got to get it. I got I to get in on this somehow, some way. I'm like calling the number on the flyer and it's no one's answering. I'm sending emails to all these people. I'm not hearing anything back. I eventually get enrolled in what was the pre-production course um, for filmmaking. Um, and the film they were making was a horror film called Hell at Heathridge, um, which is a film about um, a girl who is, I don't, I don't want to give everything away, but like the girl is possessing this old dorm room in on this college campus because obviously we're shooting this on a college campus so we are using what is available to us so the story goes back in the 80s or whatever um there was the student named emily who took her own life in the lobby of one of the dorms and they don't know if it was her if she was possessed or what and then the dorm has been closed since then jumps forward to modern day and of course they want to make a haunted house in the dorm and as you do and (laughs) and things go a bit awry um so that's the basic premise of the film we began working on it shooting it editing it and premiered it all in 2013 um yeah so it was it was pretty intense it was pre-production all through spring um we shot for two months in the summer and then edited all fall and then it premiered in December um and again this was my first real thing ever um and I had started as the casting associate I believe was my title I'm just starting (laughs) out so basically sitting in on on auditions I'm helping out with the casting eventually the casting director got fired so I was brought up to casting director um and then from there i mean i did all kinds of things on the film i did the special effects all the blood and gore um i was did the location managing um i had a brief cameo in the film as well um it was just one of those where films were like it's a small crew so everyone just sort of has to do what they got to do yeah um to get it done um so that's where a lot of those credits you see on there from the same (laughs) films because it's just like all right just throw buddy in there he'll figure put, it out put pig guts on people and stuff it's fine yeah. don't worry about it absolutely oh the pig <laughs> guts <laughs> uh you also worked on uh my friend Dahmer. i did yes necessar- isn't ne- isn't necessarily a horror film but it, it it definitely delves into some very dark themes there's some um, horrific implications yes, yes <laughs> that is for sure i was gonna say i i remember i was um at strand bookstore in the city and I came across a graphic novel from mm-hmm. my friend Dahmer before the the film no. came out. Sorry, I can't speak. It's it's early for me, so yeah. I apologize. <laughs> um, and 
I remember just reading through it and then I hear about the movie a couple years later and I'm like oh shit this is gonna be great and I watched it and I was like this is creepy like it's just unsettling Mm -hmm. that movie yeah from from what I've heard uh, because I know you I know it was filmed um in the in the Dahmer house. it was filmed in Dahmer's house yeah all the scenes um yeah yeah so but the neighbors were still the neighbors that had been there when Jeffrey Dahmer was growing up I did not know and that. Some of them, yes. Yeah, some of them. So from what I, so from what I heard was uh, some of the neighbors um, actually said that uh, it was very it was very unsettling for them because um, he looked so much like Jeffrey Dahmer mm-hmm. that it was like it was like they were having their own kind of like yeah. flashbacks to um, right. And so on, so on set, um, we actually had the author of the book. Um, Durf Bacter, if he yep. was on set with us almost, oh, not every day, but he, he would come in like once or twice a week, maybe just see what's going on. But some of the other characters in the film, because it revolves around the Dahmer fan club is what it's mm-hmm. called. So it's Jeff Dahmer um, and all of his friends from high school. And so a few of those friends actually came back to the set. Um, so Mike Kukral was his name. I had him on my show. Um, a few years back to talk about um, how he thought about things because I guess I mean because Ross Lynch the guy who played Mm -hmm. Jeff Dahmer did a phenomenal job and he looked scaringly like him Um, so yeah there were parts where Durf the the writer of the book or even like Mike or the other friends that would come and be like hey you at least gotta like take the glasses off when you're talking to us because it's like giving us it's like creepy you know yeah and I mean Ross Lynch who many people now know as um, Harvey Kinkle from Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Right. Um, (laughs) It took me a while to put that together because he just, he dove so well into the character, like into Jeffrey Dahmer that I was, it's, it was hard for me to realize that that's who that was. Yeah. Yeah. He, I, I really, he is really a talented actor. And I think that because, you know, because he did, like some i guess it was disney channel or whatever it was yeah before. he was on disney and then he did you know he did this and then he also did chilling well, adventures of so sabrina many young adults so get many, their start yeah and so I, I think you know and then he you know because of like chilling adventures of sabrina i think people were like eh whatever but he actually is a, a talented actor mm-hmm. and, and um, it's sort of it's sort of a similular career path with zach efron um because yeah. he, he started on disney channel and then he mm-hmm. just played ted bundy so yeah. it's sort of like I don't know, it's very similar. Yeah. Well, Ross Lynch did it first. (laughs) Ross Lynch did do it. It almost seems, because we were talking, I was talking about this with some of the guys on the crew or whatever, like, oh, they sort of ripped off the idea of the Disney star being the serial killer, so. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, like, I I can't take, like, the thing is, is that I get that you have to take a minute and sometimes be like, oh, that's weird. This person was a Disney person, but everyone grows up and evolves and changes. Mm -hmm. And both Zac Efron and Ross Lynch have grown up. Very yes, much so. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I've 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 ogled them now that they are adults. Not ogled. Ogled. <laughs> more than more than ogled. <laughs> I mean, it, it, I I feel like ogle is better than oogle. I'd rather not oogle somebody. I'd ra- I'd rather ogle them. Oh, I anyway, don't, I guess, I don't like <laughs> you also you I'm... also have um a feature film uh that you directed uh, called Unlucky which uh, is not a horror film, but it does have some horror elements to it. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that as well? Sure. Uh, So Unlucky, um, it's pretty much the thing that I've worked the closest with as far as like a filmmaking standpoint, 
Um, because yes, on like my friend Dahmer and stuff, I was the director's assistant. And then I was also like an unofficial stand-in for Ross Lynch and basically all the male characters and stuff where I would like do the scenes before they actually came in and did the scenes. So that's very interesting. I hope one day that they release the bonus footage of me as Jeff Dahmer. That'd be, that'd be quite interesting. Um, that would be fun. I would watch it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, Unlucky. I mean, that was the film that I've worked um, the most on. It's a romantic comedy, but I use romantic comedy loosely because it's kind of all over the place by design. Um, people have re- people who've seen the film sort of refer to it as like an Alice in Wonderland type of film where you're following a very like straightforward character and he's just being put through like ridiculous situations. So yeah, it is a romantic comedy, but it's also a horror film. It's also an espionage film. Um, it's pretty much like every genre rolled into one. Um, and I guess not giving anything away because it's in the trailer. He gets abducted by a cult. And so he's in this room. It's very like eyes wide shut um, inspired and Coven, uh, the film, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Coven, but it's basically the black hoods and um, yeah, it's a very interesting scene. It was a blast to shoot. It was my favorite scenes to shoot in the film were the horror scenes, obviously. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that film was a blast. Um, it bas- it's basically a satire of the romantic comedy. Um, the film starts out boy and girl walking through the halls, fall in love at first sight. And then the narrator pops up on the screen and he's like, all right, this romance is not meant to be. This is not how real life works. And it's just, I don't know the film is very strange to talk about. Um, but yeah, it puts a lot of things that I love together in one film. I directed it with um, one of my best friends in the entire world, Keegan Larwin, um, who I met on the set of Hell at Heathridge. I did the special effects. He did the visual effects. Okay. So um, I did everything that was on set. He did everything that was in post-production. So I worked very closely with him on that film, um, became a very good friend with him, still good friends to this day. Um, we play music together whenever I get to see him. Of course, it's been a while since I've seen him due to the the circumstances of the world at the moment. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we directed that together. Um, that's another film, although I was the director that you wear many hats when you're working on these low budget indies. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, again, I also have a cameo in this. Um, I contributed a lot to the set decorations, like the stuff in the bedrooms is one of the bedrooms is literally just like my bedroom, basically. <laughs> like we used like all the, I brought all my posters over, brought all this over. And I, one of the producers was, was like, are you sure that this character would have a Nosferatu poster in his room? And I'm like, yes, he would. <laughs> but You're like, absolutely. Because that's the yes. poster that I have to put in his room. So that's yes. the poster he's going to have. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but also, this is this is what I want. So Yes. Beep, <laughs> beep, Richie. Beep, beep. Yeah. Yeah, but that film was a ton of fun to do. That one took a little bit longer. That was a two-year process of doing that one. So we had like a full year to get ready to shoot. Um, again, we shot it in about two months and then we had a whole nother year to edit. And then that one premiered in April of 2016. Um, so Jesus Christ, that was five years ago. Um, but yeah. <laughs> Isn't that um, weird to fucking think about? Yeah. <laughs> like 2016 seems like about two seconds ago, but in reality, it was quite a while yeah, ago. It's because we're old now. Yeah. <laughs> it's a problem. I know. I don't like it. I don't either. <laughs> uh well you don't you don't just do um 
television and film. You also uh, have uh, podcasts and you have a YouTube channel. Um, but I-, I would love it if you could tell us a little bit about um, Buddy's House of Horror. Okay, so Buddy's House of Horror is the main project that I work on now. Um, I guess for me, like even with like filmmaking, like I love doing film. Um, I have nothing against like doing another film, but like the problem is finding the time and finding the money. And of course now, I mean, I'm an adult, I'm married. Um, there's a lot of things like going on. It's like, all right, I'm just gonna quit my job and forget everything and make these feature films and stuff. So right now I'm working on a much smaller scale. Um, so the house of horror is basically, um, a show where I talk about everything horror, Um, I do a podcast, as we mentioned, it's just called the Buddy's House of Horror Podcasts, where I have interviews on there. Um, I also just do some solo shows as well, um, where I talk about whatever I feel like talking about. One episode I did, um, I basically just reviewed every film that I saw in the past year. Um, So it was like a (laughs) rapid fire episode. Um, I've done film commentaries on there um, with public domain stuff. So it can be on YouTube with the full video. Um, like I've done uh, The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari and White Zombie with Bella Lugosi. I've yeah. done commentaries of both of those. Hoping to do some more commentaries soon. Um, those are very fun to do and they're easy to do. Um, so, and yeah, I do straightforward videos on there as well. Like I do top 10 lists. Like I've done the top 10 uh, silent films. I've done my top 10 horror films on Letterboxd just solely based on my Letterboxd ratings. Um, not necessarily thinking about it, just like, all right, what did I rate the highest? Yeah. And just like talk about them. Um, and you're like, I apparently do- I really fucking like this one. So let's talk yeah. about why. <laughs> well, because one of them was weird because I rated Eraserhead very high. And when I'm thinking about the horror films that I like, I'm like, yeah, I love Eraserhead, obviously. But like when you're comparing it to Halloween, it's just like weird to have it in yeah. the same conversation because they're so different i, was I gonna guess say, i can't think of any way to really compare those two mm-hmm. yeah yeah because i'm like a racer they're both probably... from this they're both from the 70s yeah <laughs> that's about you all go. you got because i was like um, racer head is definitely one of my favorite films that i've like ever seen and i like every time i get a chance to go see it in theaters i always go and i'm like this is so fucking cool yeah um but that's just my own little thing but that comparison i it's like 1970 here you go right yeah but when you're like you're thinking about horror films like eraserhead doesn't really come to mind i guess is the thing so it it does for me but it doesn't i get and i get where people would come from Mm -hmm. but it's more creepy eerie and, but it's it's yeah. fucking spooky it's weird and mm-hmm. it's unsettling and i think i would consider that horror yeah yeah not a jump scare but you know we love that yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then i do um it's called 15 phenomenal facts where basically i'll break down a film or a series of film and just talk about interesting facts about it um those videos are probably the most fun ones to make but they're also the most time consuming so i've done them less and less as the years go on um, last year, I only did one, um, but the previous year, I was able to crank out, I think, four or five. Um, it, just, it just sort of depends on the film, um, and I'm very meticulous with my editing, so that's why it really takes so long mm-hmm. um, to get those out. Um, but my Nosferatu Phenomenal Facts video is probably the most popular video that I've done. Um, I don't know how many views it has, but I, it's like over 30,000 or something oh, like that, okay. um, which in the grand scheme of YouTube is nothing, but... Yeah. 
I was like, oh, I mean, that's that's cool. Like, I, I just got on one day and I was like shocked. I like, I don't know how it that happened, but everything else is nowhere close to that. But, um, but yes, I mean, that's basically the House of Horror. It's mainly in October. I'm um, in October. I do 31 videos, one for every day of the month. Um, and then the podcast is pretty much year round at this point. Um, we just premiered the season finale. Um, I'm not sure when this episode um, we're doing right now is going to air, but um, we just released the top 10 horror sequels. Um, so that was um, the season finale, and then it will return in October um, with more podcasts, more videos, more commentaries, all that kind of stuff. Um, very fun. Um, mutual friend of ours, Roger Connors, was on my show. Um, that was a blast um, talking about all the films he's been a part of. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all of them. Yeah, literally. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> love roger Cotter's. yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and very and very happy for for him and um and rebirth yeah and yeah coming out very soon uh beginning of june that'll be out so very excited um he let me see the film uh, a couple weeks before it premiered or whatever so been following the course ever since and very yeah. exciting to to have it out uh, in a couple weeks so absolutely uh you also um have some other podcast projects <laughs> basically you yes. don't like having you don't like having free time do you? i i'm the kind of person that constantly has to be doing something yeah so like even like if i have like one day off it's like all right well what what am i gonna do today like am i gonna work on a script am i gonna do like i always have to be doing something recently it's been playing resident evil like okay. um <laughs> But I just the fact just like sitting down and just like mindlessly watching TV or just like sitting on Facebook all day or just like whatever, just like I, I can't do it. Like I constantly have to be like doing something or I'll go crazy. So yeah, when, <laughs> when Dottie told me she got you for the show and was like, so here's all of the things that he does, has done, is doing. I was like, I cannot keep up with that. <laughs> yes. I was like, I will not remember all of that. So I'm going to need you to take some notes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but you have, um, you have the lost on VHS podcast, right? I believe that's a podcast. So lost on your... lost on VHS is a, um, was a video series. We haven't done an episode of that in a couple years. Um, it's just, it's another one where like, we'd love to bring it back. Um, but those ones are also very time consuming to do. And quite frankly, we are also running out of films to do. Um, so Lost on VHS is a series where we talk about films that were only released on VHS or they're not on any streaming platform. Obviously, they're not on DVD, not on Blu-ray. Um, but a, pro a big problem we faced was since we put out some of these episodes, they have been released. Oh, shit. So... So it's getting a little dip. I mean, there's still plenty of films we can do, but then it's also hard to find them on VHS because exactly. that's probably, I mean, you got to watch the film. You got to um, make the episode. And those episodes were always fun to do. I do them with uh, my best friend, Jared, um, who I also do um, the Two Nerds podcast with. Um, but Lost on VHS, it takes place in the tape graveyard. We have like this set that we built. Um, it's a little graveyard set. Um, very campy, very ridiculous. And... Yeah, we talked about a lot of awesome films on there. Um, and actually, the our reviews actually got back to the filmmakers of some of these films. And we've since connected with them, done podcasts with them. And it's all just been a great time. It's been a very great experience. And of course, the episodes are fun. We try to make them funny. 
Um, we like to poke fun at the films, but we also acknowledge that films are hard to make. Yeah. And the fact that any film gets made is a miracle. So even though the films are shit and <laughs> they look like hell and <laughs> a lot of times they make no sense. I mean, there's a lot of heart behind them. Yeah. So it's always lighthearted humor. Um, and we do like little skits in it. Like we did an episode um, called Honeymoon Horror where at the time, neither of us had mustaches, but the characters in the film did. So we wore fake mustaches for the episode. Um, we did one <laughs> that was poking fun of the trope that every burn victim is a psychic, is a psychopathic killer just because they're a burn victim. Yeah. So my Which is why I love the movie, The Burning, honestly. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so we did a whole skit where we did my co-host up in full burn makeup and he's chasing me down the street. Oh my God. Um, this sounds did, so fun. <laughs> uh, we did one called Hard Rock Nightmare where we wore, basically it was like a Wayne's World parody as well because we were just like talking like we were in Wayne's World. Um, I don't, It was a blast. I'd love to bring it back and do some more. And it's hard because also we don't live in the same city anymore. So I see him less and less frequently. Um, but yeah, those episodes are very very fun to do i'd like to do more um yeah lost on vhs so basically <laughs> you're telling me though that since you and your friend reviewed some of these movies and then they have since been released on dvd or blu-ray that you guys single-handedly brought them back yeah yes we single-handedly brought them. edge of the axe back from obscurity <laughs> and, and even if even if um anyone argues that we're gonna we're gonna deny it i know like where, where's the proof <laughs> yeah you you heard you heard it here first there you go um but yeah as you, as you mentioned you also do the two nerds podcast yeah so two nerds a podcast that was actually the first thing that i worked on with jared who is i don't want to say like a business partner because we don't do everything together but we do a lot of projects together these days um so two nerds podcast was the first thing that we did together um when i first moved back after college um and it started out as a show where we talk about basically what's going on that week in the nerd universe so like we talk about movies video games tv shows um just whatever was going on at the time um whatever was trending so we could try to get some views like if there was a big movie coming out we try to go and review that but lately, the show has just sort of evolved into whatever we feel like. Um, so some episodes are very planned out, like we just recently did our top 10 favorite video games of all time. But other weeks that we just sit down and like shoot the shit for an hour. Um, it's basically the point of the show right now is an excuse to hang out with your best friend for an hour a week. That's literally what so, we do. Yeah. <laughs> so... It's tons of fun. We are coming up on the fifth season. Um, we might be going through a little bit of a rebrand. So I don't know how much longer it's going to be called Two Nerds a Podcast. Because um, there might be a third nerd coming up. Ooh. This, so, this sounds like a porn I watched once. And, uh, if <laughs> yes. it's, I, and I'm very excited about it. <laughs> yes. yes. It started out Two Nerds, One Atari. And, oh yes. my goodness. Yes. <laughs> I hope there were mustaches. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Only in my dreams. <laughs> listen, there's, listen, if, if, um, if a man has a mustache and an Atari, I'm good to go. Uh, yeah, that's, Give me I a mean, joystick. Mm. That sounds about right for you. You're all set. <laughs> my, my boyfriend has, has a mustache. That's pretty much all the facial hair he can grow is a mustache. <laughs> Just to say, that's all you need. Yeah, seriously. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, it's, 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 
Look, it's a curse, really. <laughs> I, I'm like, got my beard going, and he can't grow any. Wow, way to call sorry, babe. Like that. <laughs> he doesn't care. He's not paying attention. He's he's playing Kingdom Hearts. He's not. Even... <laughs> oh, that's fine. Yeah. He's because so, I bought Kingdom Hearts three, so now he's playing Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> well, that's how it goes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Hi, babe. Oh, <laughs> uh, there he is. Hello. Nice there to meet you. Nice to meet you. <laughs> oh, you have a better mustache than I do. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what we're talking about. Sorry, babe. All right. <laughs> It's 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 the you know it's it really is it's it's like the Korean curse he has he, it's like he's hairless from from the lip down <laughs> literally like it's it's wild I'm like his arms are so smooth because there's no hair and I'm just like covered in hair I'm like a a grizzly bear yeah and he's right. like a dolphin it's this is weird this is Trump. getting weird. <laughs> <laughs> hey, as long as it's entertaining, it can get as weird as it, as you can possibly that's get. True. So that's, that's fine. True. Let me tell you, this is not even as weird as it has it's gotten. Not. Oh no, I've I've listened. I know. <laughs> I was gonna say I'm like still kind of half asleep, so I'm just kind of like me. It's fine. I'm just I'm I'm just um sitting here imagining um two nerds and a jo- and a joystick, and it's kind of. Fun. I know. I think you kind of like <laughs> you. You might have got us our new name. Two, two oh my god I, listen, well it might be three i need three I need nerds a, and a joystick three nerds and a joystick i, need I kinda a, love um, that i need a sexy pinup calendar <laughs> uh, that can be arranged i <laughs> listen right here you heard it here first okay um i i you know i don't i don't need any money i don't need I just, all i need is a special thanks and a in free fact calendar. dottie will give you money probably you can, you can <laughs> i will pay i will pay for a calendar i <laughs> i want calendar and i just want a special thank you thank you dotty for bringing this idea to, to life uh, to life um because some nerds sexy joystick i'm down yeah right <laughs> i'll bring it up in our next business meeting for sure <laughs> i was gonna say i think i think like it could be a whole planned thing though i think like so. bring vintage video game aspects into one of oh, listen, i just smacked that my bad that's fine listen <laughs> I, I i have i see it in my head already um buddy and it's like very, it's very sexy pinup with his leg up on like a Pac-Man machine. <laughs> oh, that would be cute. I, I, That'd be incredible. But like high top boots. Mrs. Pac-Man. <laughs> Mrs. Pac-Man. There Mrs. Pac-Man is a much superior game to the original Pac-Man. In case, in case anyone needed to know that information. No, that's, that's why I was like, Mrs. Pac-Man. Yes. <laughs> we love Mrs. But Pac-Man. we did play around with the idea um, when we were shooting Unlucky, or maybe it was Hell of Heath, or it was one of those, but we were trying to think of ways to raise money, like as a joke. And one of the ideas was like a sexy calendar where it's just like we're standing there at the beach with just like tripods covering our junk and stuff and just like... Honestly? Uh, yeah. Would have had... I would like to see it. <laughs> would like to see it. <laughs> I will I will pay for that. I was gonna yeah. say Donnie will buy five. I will pay you yes. for a copy of five your calendar. Copies. Yes. Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna need at least two because the first one's probably gonna get sticky. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say you might have to buy duplicates. Yeah, you know, just in case one of them gets ruined somehow. A couple get ruined. A couple get ruined. Because you're you are who you are, and that is why we love you. You know, in case I spell poppers on one of them, and <laughs> yeah, I mean that that will happen. Yeah. Don't there is nothing there is the nothing couch. worse than spilling poppers because that that smell will never come out. That's true. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> so as we've 
covered. You have, you do everything behind the camera, in front of the camera, behind the microphone, you, you do it all. What would, if you had to pick your favorite thing, like in what capacity, like what is your favorite being like directing or, or, or writing or doing, doing podcasts or what, what is for you? Um, well, it's hard, it's hard to pick a favorite. Um, I can tell you my least favorite right off the bat. My least favorite is the writing. Um, That is the hardest thing for me to do. I never know if anything sounds good. And it's always such like a hassle. It'd be like, all right, I'm going to sit down and write this thing. And I'm just staring at my computer screen for hours. Or I'm just like scrolling through TikTok, not paying attention to what's going on. So the writing is definitely what I look forward to the least. Once the script's written, I'm just like, boom, 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 shoot it, edit it, keep going real fast. So it's hard to pick like a favorite. I mean, the ultimate goal for me is I would love to direct more. Um, So that's my passion. That's what I set out to do. That's what I always love doing. And I love podcasting. Podcasting is something where like, I didn't even really think of it when I was a kid because it didn't exist. I mean, there was like talk radio and shit like that. But I just love like documenting the human experience. And I love even when a podcast is bad, even if it's funny or like there's funny things that go on in it. It's a, it's always a good time. Even if the views don't reflect that, it's always fun to do a podcast. Um, I love getting to meet new people through podcasting. Um, I love connecting with old friends. Um, just like last year on the house of horror, I had some people who worked on hell of Heathridge come back and we did an episode. Um, it's just always a lot of fun to do podcasting. And again, I like, documenting the human experience i don't want things to get lost in the history books that's why having mike kukral who was friends with jeff Dahmer in high school come on the show was such an enriching experience because he told stories um that i had never heard before and there were like comments on the video because he details like this one part like when they were in high school like jeff came up to him and like pressed his head against his chest like jeff put his head on mike's chest and was just like oh i just wanted to you know, see what your heart sounded like and stuff like that. Just like weird, like creepy shit. And like, people were saying like, I've never heard this story like anywhere before. Um, So it's just, I just really love, um, like I said, documenting the human experience and it's always fun. I mean, there's very little writing when it comes to a podcast. So you can just kind of speak from the heart, um, say whatever you want. Um, So I would say right now, podcasting, besides directing is what my passion is right now um but yeah directing is ultimately um what i'm the most comfortable with what i love doing and yeah so i i mean i do internet videos so i guess i'm directing on a much smaller scale um (laughs) it's something though and it's still like it takes a lot of work to have that vision and kind of execute it the way you want it to like Mm -hmm. you could see something in your head but then bringing it to life and making it work is a whole other story. Yeah. And it's always like a joke with like, I don't know, like the boomers out there. They're like, oh, these kids on YouTube, like they don't work. They don't do this and that. And I'm sure you guys can attest to this too. I mean, doing a podcast, doing shit like this isn't easy. There's technical snafus. There's hours of work. There's scheduling. There's, I mean, there's all kinds of stuff that make it incredibly difficult to do YouTube even on like a small scale. So when, when people, when I tell people how long it takes to edit, an hour and a half long episode yeah they're blown away and i'm like they're like oh but it's it's only an hour and a half long i'm like yeah but it takes like you have to 
you have you have you have, you have to compress, you have to equalize, you have to normalize, you have, and then you have to go through and listen, and you have to adjust things. You have to take, you have to cut out things. You have to, like, it's very it's very time consuming. Yeah, I don't and do any. People of that. are blown away by it. <laughs> the hours I've lost that I will never gain <laughs> back so much sleep that I've missed. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, cause we even have issues with scheduling because we both work kind of long hour yeah. jobs and scheduling could be a bitch. We save finding lives. times to yeah. <laughs> <laughs> finding times to do things is difficult. And yeah. it's just like the amount of hours of masturbating I missed out on. Cause I was oh editing a podcast. I feel it, man. <laughs> There's no shame in the wiener game. Listen, yeah. I but it is we, we love a good wiener. All right. <laughs> Floppy wieners, hard wieners, big wieners, small wieners, pink wieners. I was gonna <laughs> brown say, wieners. I was gonna say I like tofu wieners. Tofu wieners. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Roasted. <laughs> nice, nice a smoked wiener. Uh, a smoked. I was gonna say smoked. <laughs> I was gonna say a smoked wiener. Yeah, absolutely. With a little stick through it. <laughs> <laughs> she's really into sounding it's her thing yeah <laughs> so, so uh buddy i would love to know and i'm sure our listeners would love to know if you could tell us your top three favorite horror movies i know that's really difficult so if you can't do top three maybe top five okay so oh man or if you can't if you can't necessarily pick favorites ones that have been very influential for you as a filmmaker so it's hard and we experienced this a lot with our top 10 video games that we just did filling in the top ones is no problem like i can give you one and two very easily one and two but then it comes in filling in all right well what do i do for my third or what do i do for my four and five like the bottom ones is like there's so many to like pick from um so my favorite horror film of all time a little bit of a normie pick but i feel like it is not only the perfect slasher film but it is probably the best horror film in my opinion um and that's the original halloween um it's the film it didn't start the slasher film i mean you had stuff like black christmas and even psycho before it um but it's the one where everything came together um the suspense is unreal the music very underrated music i think people take for granted like how revolutionary the music in halloween is not only at the time but now um I, just everything about Halloween, just how everything comes together. Perfect casting, Jamie Lee Curtis, of course, the original Scream Queen. Um, well, I guess her her mother was first, but she's the first one in, in our minds. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, I love Halloween. Uh, again, it's a normie pick, but I think it's the perfect horror film. My second favorite horror film, I'd probably have to say, is Evil Dead 2, um, where it takes everything about the original and amplifies it by a million mm-hmm. in the I, first 15 minutes of the oh, go ahead <laughs> no, i was gonna say that is actually pretty much one of my top favorite mm-hmm. movies because i i personally love the the charm of evil dead yes. but then evil dead 2 is like all right we got some more money so we're gonna do yes. this a little <laughs> bit more as to how we wanted it yeah <laughs> well they spend the first 15 minutes of the movie remaking the original evil dead yeah. and then it just goes batshit <laughs> insane um i've had many arguments um with recurring character on my show midnight miles um we've had many arguments about the evil dead franchise he thinks the first one's the best and i tell him he's wrong um but 
Yeah, I mean, Evil Dead 2, as I said, it does everything. The original does only better. It is the film where Ash Williams becomes Ash Williams in the first film. He's just kind of there. He's kind of wimpy in the first one. I mean, love him. I wouldn't say wimpy. wimpy. I wouldn't say wimpy. He's wimpy. But he's not a full Chad. He goes completely insane in the second one. Yeah. Yes. He's kind of, he's kind of wimpy in the first no, one. No, I you're just you're just You're just differing because you get a, you have a lady boner for him. But, I do. And we all to do. Even, even, with, even with the um, fucking unibrow. Like, even with the unibrow, oh, yeah. we'll have a boner for him. <laughs> yeah. But kind of wimpy in the first one. Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. And then in Ash vs. Evil Dead, it's just like, you're a womanizing son of a bitch, and I still want to suck your dick. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Still haven't seen Ash vs. the Evil Dead. Oh, I'm s- I have it on I have it on Blu-ray, but I'm just never it's very hard for me to watch shows. It's like such like a That's commitment. Fair. Yeah. Um, I'm more of a movie guy than a show guy. Um, so it's it's been difficult um to yeah. catch up on all these shows because people say, Oh, you gotta watch Bates Motel. You gotta watch this, this, and that, and it's just like there's Honestly, too much going Ash on. Ash vs. Evil Dead. Ash vs. Evil Dead is really, really good, it is. and um, I think that it's definitely worth a watch, even if you just do like do it in like little little bits at a time. Uh, Lucy Lawless really did a fantastic job on the show. I really, really loved it. Like it's it's definitely worth. A watch. I just love Daddy Bruce. <sighs> so, so how do you guys feel about the rumored fourth film? I. Well, I guess it's not a rumor. I guess it's happening now, yeah. but I guess it's taking place in like an apartment building or something. It's like a high rise scenario. I have mixed, I'm always going to have mixed feelings. Always going to have mixed feelings about these things. Cause sometimes I'm like, I was surprised on the show. I was surprised that I liked the show. Cause I'm super critical about every single she thing. Sure is. Um, <laughs> so I was pleasantly surprised with the show. I'm like with a movie. I think as much as I hate to say it, cause it is my favorite series don't push your luck yeah (laughs) that's kind of how i feel like don't push your luck you you guys did a great show the show was entertaining it was fun um the way i see it is just stop i will always watch something (laughs) even if it's gonna be terrible i will watch it and i might even enjoy it even if it is terrible (laughs) but like there are things that I've watched that I'm like, oh, this was god awful. But I watched it. I, I saw the Carrie remake. For what reason? Nope. Not really sure, but I <laughs> did. I watched it. Um, I actually, never... I will have to say that Julianne Moore was actually very good. She was really the only good part of the movie. <laughs> but um, I watched it. Went to, saw it in the theaters. I don't know why. Don't ask me what. Couldn't tell you. Um, I also sat through Hostel in theaters twice, and that movie is oh, not wow. good. So, <laughs> that um, sounds like a I sat through. Idea. I sat through The Village twice. Oh lord! And Shyamalan's The Village. Why do you sat through yourself? it twice? Um, I think I also I saw I saw Lady in the Water in the theaters as well. I don't know if uh, if I saw it twice in the theaters, but I definitely sat through it. What is wrong with you? I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I there's something about like really bad see i would rather i I would rather rewatch but you can acknowledge that they're bad at least yeah you're not like my friend miles who will sit through the worst shit all the time you're like oh yeah he's notorious for like not saying anything bad about a film he's like oh yeah it's pretty good no 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 and meanwhile i'm the exact opposite i'm like this is trash i hate it (laughs) so what's what's we stopped it we got sidetracked again but evil dead 2 is your second so let's let's hear the third it's it's so tough to round it out um 
It could change at any time. I'd probably say right now, John Carpenter's the thing. Okay. Would yeah, probably be number three. So again, another normie pick, but I mean, these films are highly regarded for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, mind-blowing special effects, probably the best practical effects you're ever going to see. Because yep. um, Rick Botine was like cracked out of his mind in fucking Antarctica and shit, <laughs> like doing every drug known to mankind. Um, but yeah, that film is just crazy. A lot of people, um, I guess modern audiences that I've spoken to about the film, they can't really get into it because it's so slow at the beginning. And I was like, well, it's not, a, I mean, once I you get going, it gets going. I mean, I it is a slow burn. burn. So. Well, I don't even like, my thing is I would not, I would never consider that movie a slow burn ever. Well, it's, it's reminiscent of, uh, of like this, the way I feel when I watch Alien. Like it's like it it like that that build up to the action and then once the action happens it's just like bam like punch you in the face but what to get to that point it's like all right we're like that suspense of what's gonna happen when yeah. is it gonna happen because we know like then... I'm not a huge fan of slow burns and like the thing John Carpenter's the thing I fucking love that movie yeah. see I feel like the slow burn I mean in some instances the slow burn is kind of coming back. Um, with like Midsummer and Hereditary and stuff like that. I don't really like Midsummer, but I liked Hereditary. Um, but yeah, the slow burn is a little bit back in style now. So I don't think that yeah. those people I had those conversations with in high school would think the same now, but that's definitely how it was um, for a lot of my adult life was like, oh yeah, that movie, it's slow or whatever. And I was like, I don't know, you guys are missing out. No, but, but honestly, even Halloween is a bit of a slow like most of the action in halloween happens in the in the last third of the movie right yeah so it's you know any like when people like are like oh like i, I can't get behind like you 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 need some exposition for yeah. the most part like you need to know what's going on <laughs> before the action yeah starts. you need a little bit of a story otherwise it's just otherwise like it's a hostile. fucking saw movie exactly <laughs> <laughs> Right. It's not, it's not scary without the slow parts. I mean, you can have like gory stuff. You can have all this stuff flying at you, but to really like build atmosphere and suspense and have the horror element to it, you need to have something other than like my mother-in-law is notorious with this. If we put on, cause she loves horror movies as well. And if we put on like some Netflix movie or whatever, if some ghost or monster doesn't like jump out within the first like two minutes, she like wants to turn it off. Ah! <laughs> and I'm just like, I'm just like, this is you need unreal. A story. You <laughs> yes. need a story. Yeah, but that's why, as much as I hated the Paranormal Activity franchise, that's why Paranormal Activity did so well because the entire film is just the suspense of what is going to happen, and then in the last like ten minutes of the film, it's just like batshit crazy, and that's why pe- people were like. Blown people away. are also Which dumb i was not... people have terrible fucking taste um, yeah well paranormal activity was like the biggest thing in the world and then now nobody talks about it it yeah. was terrible <laughs> uh, but like like for me like i one of my favorite horror films of all time is blair witch project blair witch project hands down will forever be one of my favorite just favorite film in general i mean one of my favorite films it's so good um i think that it it, it not only did it revolutionize the 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 horror film industry it revolutionized the film industry in general um just being able to create such an an, an incredibly immersive experience that was unscripted and like 
truly did immerse the entire world <laughs> like people were people really well, people thought it was i mean yeah it, it was real I like mean, people really truly believed and like we it, have different opinions I, on this, but people, I don't really, people like that really that believed that it was real i believed it was real like it was so it's so convincing they they created a like a, a a faux documentary about the blair witch that they aired on television before the film was released to help give credit to the film it was no it was very well thought out but it doesn't mean that it was good no it was see good. i i appreciate its hor- historical significance but i do think it is a tad overrated yeah. um okay. but but and also, I, I've also never seen it in the correct state of mind. I've never seen it like alone by myself. I never saw it when I was a kid. It came out when I was in like second grade, I want to say. And I remember even like teachers and stuff saying like, don't let your parents let you watch this movie, blah, 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 blah. So like I watched it like in college with a group of people and we were just like, this sucks. Because <laughs> like <laughs> we were like in the mood to like party. Like we had just watched like Dead Alive or something like the night before. Oh, yeah, and I was just like, you I don't can't know. go from something like Dead Alive to Blair Witch. You're yeah. setting, you're like, although I don't really like Blair Witch, I remember I was in maybe like, fuck, I don't remember. I was in elementary school, but I was like an older elementary school. And I remember the all the hubbub and I remember everything being released. And I was like, oh, this is like actually really cool seeming. And I was like kind of freaked out by it. But mm-hmm. I did, but now that, I am an adult and I watched it when I was an adult. I was like, I don't like this. I still I still fully appreciate everything about that film. I think that it it pushed so many boundaries and it it really it did things with film that um that uh, that other production companies hadn't done. You know, I mean literally taking taking three actors putting them out in the woods and being like there's no script um we're gonna fuck with you guys but we're not gonna tell you what we're gonna do and then um one by one we're just gonna abduct you <laughs> bye <Yeah. laughs> like just left them alone in the woods with a camera but, I mean... and 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 that's the thing is like these there, there are moments in the film that are like it's genuine like the fear is genuine because they're literally in the middle of the woods and they don't know if yeah the if it's the directors the director and the, and the crew fucking with them or if there's like a fucking wild animal or if somebody's actually out there like i mean i think you're just gonna have to fall on this cross because uh, this is the hill that i choose to die on yes i choose to die on and i'm gonna be up there with my with my two sexy nerd calendars and, <laughs> and he's good to go that's all you need <laughs> they're gonna crucify me with one one in each hand and that's there fine. you go one's oh, gonna cool. be a little gooey one's gonna be dripping <laughs> uh, yeah yeah because i i just i can't get behind that i'm also much more i'm known to be much more of like don't get me wrong my favorite movies are by no means great revolutionary fucking movies street trash i love street trash <laughs> oh. and like neon maniacs and things of that sort i'm just like a gooey mutiny monstery type of person uh but i love entertainment yes Chud is another one of my favorite movies. I'm just that trash bag of a human being. I should have been, like, I should have been one of the bad kids in, like, class of Newcomb High. Oh, yeah? <laughs> I feel like that's where I envision myself in life. Okay. Like, one of the punk kids. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> this is who I am as a person. I accept it. <laughs> uh, so, 
buddy, the next question I have for you is if you could change the ending of any classic horror film, what would it be? What are we so classic? How cla- like any like how yeah, classic are we talking? We talking the big when, when you when you think horror, like the thing, you know. Well, I think it could the, be open to yeah, interpretation. Open to interpretation. But you know, I mean any like the the big the big name, I'm not talking about like some B horror movie that no one's ever seen. So even if it's like a like a slasher so, classic, yeah. I could consider the universe like a slasher Universal classic, Monsters. Universal Monsters. Um, I can give you one of each right now off the top of my head. A, a universal one and a slasher. Okay, let's do it. So I guess I wouldn't change. So 1931, Bella Lugosi's Dracula. I don't think this is a change the ending. I think this is a fire the director. Okay. Oh. <laughs> um, are you, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the Spanish version of Dracula. Also shot in 1931. With the same sets, the same everything. They use the same sets. The American crew would shoot during the day. Overnight, the Spanish-speaking crew would come in and they'd shot the films at the same time with new casts, but the same sets. I would have fired the English director and just let the Spanish director do both. Because (laughs) the Spanish version of the film, besides it not having Bela Lugosi, obviously the goat, um... Everything else about the film is superior. Um, Todd Browning, it's been said by um, horror historians that it seems like he forgot he was making a movie because <laughs> everything is straightforward shots. It's basically shot like a stage play. Yeah. And like you're the audience, you're just sitting there, it's just like blank everything. Where in the Spanish version, the camera's moving, you get to see all these elaborate sets that they built, but they were not shown in the English version um and just everything about it's better i mean like the spanish-speaking audience was a lot more hip at the time and a lot more forgiving like the american stuff is so very pc at the time yeah and the spanish stuff they show a little bit of the cleavage they are able to get away with more blood and violence even though there's very limited in the film they're able to show some stuff that the english one was not allowed to show um so yeah, I would say fire the director of the English version of Dracula and let the Spanish speaking guy do it or just plop Bela Lugosi into the Spanish version and you're there good you to go. go. There you go. All right. But as far as a slasher film, and this wouldn't require any reshoots, it wouldn't require anything other than editing. The original Friday the 13th. Mm-hmm. Everyone's familiar with the ending. She's on the boat, everything it seems clear there's peaceful music playing in the background and of course the zombie mutant jason comes out of the water in one of the greatest jump scares of all time yeah yep was all a dream <laughs> nope <laughs> I, that, that, I i agree with you that is my i and i'm a i'm a friday the 13th stan i'm a jason Voorhees stan and i agree with you like that after that, that fade the black that's and it. that's it that's all you need that's yeah. all you that's all you got to do but she wakes up in the hospital room and then it's just like, all right, whatever. I mean, great. Just, just for them to kill her off in the, in the first 10 minutes of the second film. Yeah. So yes. it's, I, I agree with you 100%. Um, yeah, fully 100. Cause I actually fun fact. Um, uh, I, I'm actually going to be uh, receiving a signed Jason mask 
by Ari Lehman, who played <laughs> wa- waterlogged mutant Jason. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> well, there you go. Um, very excited. Well, he so he's going to be in um, Appetite for Sin, which uh, we've we've interviewed the director and we interviewed um, Missy the star. And um, he, so I, I I gave to their Kickstarter, so yeah. I'm, I'm getting that mask, and I'm real real excited about it. <laughs> well, that's awesome, yeah. <laughs> I, I agree with you 100. You're you are right on the money sir <laughs> um, yeah and that's just off the top of my head i mean i'm sure there's others but the the two that come to mind right now would probably be those two i was gonna, those are two like really solid answers yeah. though yeah um you know we're, we're gonna start wrapping things up shortly uh, i'm gonna ask you just two more questions uh sure yeah so uh how do you think the pandemic is going to change uh the horror industry how we film horror how we uh how we write horror what you know what themes are going to come out of this, this kind of shared um, traumatic experience that we've all had? Well, as far as things changing, I'd say things have already changed in a certain extent of obviously the way we shoot stuff. Um, we already had a film come out that was shot, edited and everything in 2020 called Host. The entire thing is on Zoom. Yeah. Um, so it's very reflective of the times. And I guess just like anything, horror has always been reflective of the time period in which it was made. Um, And I'm curious to see as the future goes, because obviously I don't know what the future holds. Um, But obviously, 100 years ago, we were going through another pandemic. And so we have the horror films of that time to sort of see what the fears were at that time. Because I mean, Nosferatu, right? It's takes place heavily inspired by the bubonic plague the spanish influenza all that kind of stuff so dracula legitimately looks like a rat which was what they thought brought the plague into europe well the fleas on the rats but nevertheless the rats were the carriers of the plague so i'm curious to see like if stuff like that comes back into the horror genre but i mean horror like i said it's always been reflective of the time period that we have been living in Um, I mean, in the 50s, everyone was scared of nuclear war. So, I mean, we got our Godzillas, our beast from the 20,000 Fathoms. That's when alien sightings were coming up. We're getting like all the alien movies that were coming out in the 50s, the B movies. Um, I mean, in the 80s, it was a big high period of divorce. So, I mean, you're seeing films like uh, Fright Night, where the monster or the vampire or whatever is literally dating your mom. So it's just like, it just depends on, I mean, because like, I don't know what the world's going to be like in 10 years. So it's sort of hard to think about what is going to be in the future. But I guess right now, I guess I'm just looking forward to what comes next. I mean, it could be more plague related stuff. I mean, definitely social commentary has been very high recently with films like Get Out and stuff like that. Um, Excited to see some more of that in the horror genre. And yeah, I honestly, I think right now we're at, an all-time high for horror in terms of quality because i mean we're getting a lot of shit and i mean in the 80s and 70s and stuff like that you got a lot of shit and very few like top-notch like high-tier stuff that people still talk about on a mainstream level today because obviously i mean there's people like us that'll talk about i don't know like tom savini and ripper and just like shit like that forever but like as far as like stuff that everyone knows everyone knows get out everyone knows hereditary yeah everyone knows like so i think right now horror is in good hands with people like mike flanagan ari aster 
um, stuff like that. Although I don't like all of Ari Aster's stuff, like I feel like as we're in good hands, basically, yeah. with what's going on. So. I feel the same way. I'm not his hugest fan, but I I respect what he is doing. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah. I get it. I think that he is, you could tell he's a person who's passionate about his craft and what he is putting out there. And it's not it's not bad. It's just not my cup of tea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I am, I'm very curious to see, I feel like we're going to be seeing a lot more play on isolation and right. Like a lot, I feel like it's going to be a very psychological, we're going to come into a very psychological type of horror movie mm-hmm. in the next few years based off of like just deep seated trauma for lack of a better word that we've all been through in in being so isolated from our loved ones Mm -hmm. so i'm i'm very curious to see if that's something that gets played up a lot yeah that's my prediction okay an age of psychological horror i'm with it hey i'm game i'm i'm down for it so i was just i was just telling uh gulia the other day that i i so I i watched um uh, Blair Witch 2 Book of Shadows the other day for the first time never seen it before and I if you get the right group of people together and you're drinking that's the funniest movie ever that, <laughs> I, I have to say I have to say that I actually enjoyed it and I, th- I wasn't prepared to enjoy it I question your taste no sometimes. I really I really and I think I think it, it kind of stems back to this what you were saying about like psychological horror because that movie really is I mean, aside from how they edited that movie terribly, I think if it was re-edited um, the way that the, re- the director originally planned for it to be edited, I think it could have been really, really fantastic. This this kind of descent into madness. Yeah. And I think it, I, I, I think may, maybe that because I saw it now and I, we have gone through this. Maybe. This kind of um, shared isolation and, and, and trauma but, but that no. I, it makes it really hit differently for me. But than see, I think now it I want to get together with a group of friends and, and drink get and drunk watch and watch movie. it. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Oh, it's, I, it's incredible. I mean, buddy, so much crazy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll get on. I'll pop on. I, I got I to see that goth queen in there. Yes. You know? <laughs> she's, she's fantastic. She really is. Yeah. Yeah, um, but that, movie, that movie's a trip. It, it, it really <laughs> is. And I was like, I was actually really surprised because I was like, I went into it and I was like, oh, this is going to be awful. I was like doing a 26-hour shift. I was like, I need to like while like while it's dead and everyone's asleep. I was like, I got it. Like I had to do something, so I watched it and I was like, okay, okay. I'm I'm kind of on board. I'm, I, yeah. I I enjoyed that. Um, but my yes. co-host my co-host Jared was actually giving me shit about this a couple weeks ago. We did an episode where we were roasting each other's letterbox ratings, and for some reason I didn't realize I had done this, but I had rated Blair Witch Two Book of Shadows above Blair Witch. And I was just like, huh. it was a, it was just how, yeah. Well, I didn't because I didn't watch them like back to back or anything. It was just how the ratings worked out. And as I said, when I watched the original Blair Witch, it was not the correct state of mind. Yeah. So, but Blair Witch Two was the perfect state of mind. So yeah, it's, yeah, it's, but it, I mean, it's so the way the way they edit they edited it, they edited the film in a way because they were trying to make it more marketable to. Um, a mainstream horror audience whereas the director want didn't want you know there's these these scenes where they're being interrogated that are cut into uh the action of the film it's not linear and like 
Uh, they added in like so much more violence. They ended. They added in the whole scene at the end of the film where um, you see the characters going and and killing the the tourists. And none right. of that was originally in the film. And I think that we, if if it had been done the way that he had intended, then it really does leave you to question like did this really happen? Are they, like, have they gone insane? What's, you know, and I think that would have been a much better film. Um, and I am very sad that we're never going to get a director's cut of it because um, I, I I can't remember who Are you really sad? I am, I am actually very sad because I really would have liked to see the original cut of the film. Um, but we're never going to get to see it because I forget which production company owns it. And they're like, nah, I will oh, no, Dis- Disney, <laughs> Disney owns whatever the production company that owns the film. I will lose. So we're never going to get it. Scene. Oh yeah. <laughs> I, I will. Zero. Scene. I'm going to be up all night thinking about it. Coming to Disney plus soon. The director's right. cut of <laughs> honestly wouldn't be mad about it. Uh, so before we say our goodbyes, uh, we would love to know uh, what you're working on now. Um, so what I'm working on now, I'm gearing up for the next season of the House of Horror. Um, obviously comes out October 1st. Um, it's going to go for the 31 days and then the podcast will continue onward. Um, but as far as the video content, um, the top 10 stuff like that, um, that will be in October. Um, I'm very excited for this season. Um, this will be the third year doing 31 videos. Um, the first year I did like 12 and I was like, you know what, I'm just going to go all in. And then last year, um, with the pandemic, um, going on, I thought I was going to have more time to work on videos than I originally did. So I was kind of rushing a few of them out. Um, but this year I'm really going to try to, um, make the quality better than it's ever been on the show. I'm looking forward to contribute with many people. That's what I love doing with the show, having people come on and tell their horror story, um, and just love talking about films. Obviously, the new Halloween Kills is coming out this year, so we're going to be reviewing that on the show. Um, I guess a sneak peek. So I'm going to be doing, it's called Night Stalker Sundays. Um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the Night Stalker, but it was this old television show from the 70s. Um, it started out as a TV movie. It was actually the highest rated TV movie at the time, but nobody talks about it. No one's aware of it. Um, it stars Darren McGavin, who is known by everyone as the the dad from Christmas Story. Um, but before that, he was a, basically a Van Helsing type character, um, tracking down zombies, vampires, all kinds of stuff <laughs> in the show. And no one's heard about it. So I'm going to be doing a little say, mini I series. I heard about this. And yeah. I this sounds like something that I would like. <laughs> it is very campy. It's a product of its time. It's 70s television. Um, but yeah, I mean, no one hears, no one's heard about it. And it's just crazy that like the highest rated TV movie of all time for like years, no one has heard about it. Maybe it's because it was a TV movie. I'm sure they were like kicking themselves in the ass. They didn't put it in theaters. But yeah, there were two films and then they did a 20 episode series. Um, And then you can kind of just go down a rabbit hole. Like it's been a recurring character and like graphic novels and all kinds of stuff, even to this day. I mean, they just came out with the latest Kolchak book a few weeks ago, I think. Um, But yeah, no one's heard about it except for old people. So I'm going to be shining a little (laughs) bit of a light on that. Um, And yeah, except we're going to be ranking the Nightmare on Elm Street films um putting them in an order last year we did the halloween franchise 
Um, and yeah, there's going to be a lot of cool stuff coming this October. Um, and I'm really excited about it. Awesome. I'm like, that sounds really fun. Yeah. And I, I, I'm here for a nightmare on Elm street is my favorite, like slasher series, I guess you could call it. So I will be definitely tuning in to see yeah. what your guys' opinion are. Yeah. Is. yeah. I can't. What, what's the correct I, English grammar? Cool. Words. Great. I love you're those. Just, you're doing great, sweetie. I know. Um, <laughs> and then, of course, before we go, we would love for you to plug your socials so that way our listeners could find you. Oh, of course. So on uh, Instagram, uh, my name is just my first and last name, Buddy Candela. Um, on Twitter, it's the same, but I also have a Twitter account for both of the shows so for buddy's house of horror is just at buddy horror show uh two nerds a podcast it's at two nerds 316 and then on facebook it's also just facebook.com slash buddy horror show um so yeah that's where everyone can find me follow the show of course the podcast version is on spotify apple podcasts everywhere you listen to podcast that's on it if i'm not on your favorite podcast app let me know i will try my best to get on there and I feel like everything you'll find a way yeah you seem like the type of guy who's like i'm gonna find a way to fucking make this work yeah and then of course on youtube um just search buddy candela i'm on there um that's where you'll find everything that i work on all the podcasts get uploaded up there all the videos get uploaded on there um i've got trailers for unlucky on there um just everything is on the youtube channel so Go ahead and subscribe to that if you feel so inclined. Um, and yeah, that's that's those are my socials. <laughs> well, buddy, thank you so much for uh, taking the time to talk with us today. We really, really appreciate it. Uh, we had a wonderful time. We did. Oh, thank it's you. It's so yeah. nice that we finally got to like link up. Yeah, finally. <laughs> so, Even yeah. though we were late. <laughs> oh my goodness. But that's okay. I know how it goes. <laughs> we are perpetually not having our shit together but Correct. uh but we, we we thank you and we uh we appreciate um your patience <laughs> and uh we look forward to um you know speaking again in the future and definitely of course yeah open invitation whenever you guys want to come on my show we'll chop yeah. it up and oh, we'll definitely yeah do so that. yeah so, for sure. so cool yeah Wonderful. All right. yeah I it's been a pleasure this has been though. real fun yeah we're gonna have to send you back into the spirit world we're very sorry about it but like yeah if we leave the gate if we leave the gateway open for too long some, we never know some what's bad gonna shit's out. gonna come through we yeah. probably already have bad shit that's maybe why we never have our shit together <laughs> we are we're just possessed yeah yeah <laughs> all right buddy tell everyone goodbye well i will i will see you guys in the next realm Woo! <laughs> i can touch myself at night thinking about it oh what a glorious stash it it gave me very much like seventies porn yeah. flashbacks. It was, was it was that. It I, was that. I was loving it. It was very, very glorious and um it deserves a place of honor. <laughs> and that place is between my butt cheeks. Oh my god. Uh, <laughs> but uh truly uh Buddy was a wonderful guest. We were so happy to have him and uh we hope that we'll uh, get to guess on his podcast as well yeah. because we, we, we guess on people's podcasts now. I don't know if you know about that, but we had a lovely, lovely time uh, on our friends podcast. The Haunted Hangover. That's right. Haunted Hangover. You can uh, hear our, our episode. I mean, I think basically our two favorite podcasts are Dirty Pillows and Haunted Hangover. Oh, for sure. Um, and now, now we have, 
new podcasts that we have to start yeah. adding to that list. But but Haunted Hangover uh, did come out. We are recording on, I don't know what the fuck day it is. It's a Saturday, the 22nd. It came out, I think, yesterday. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, and the episode is called More Halloween Memories. There you go. Uh, and, you know, Louie and Dave were just wonderful. And we had such a good time, uh, you know, talking with them and, and you know, hopefully. And they are two of my oldest friends. And it was nice to even see their faces via Zoom yes. because I have not seen them in nine million years. Mm-hmm. But we are planning to have our own crossover episode with them. So. Stay um, tuned. Yeah. That'll happen I, eventually. I spit in your hangover. <laughs> I haunt in your mouth. <laughs> I was going to say, haunted mouth. <laughs> haunted spit. <laughs> um, so you can go and check uh, check them out uh, and listen to their other stuff. But also, please make sure you listen to our episode. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, I listened to it yesterday and we were we were wonderful guests. I think Louis that... Louis really good at editing, too. <laughs> Louis is really good he's at really, editing. <laughs> he's really good at editing us into good... Guests. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I know he cut so much, like he cut out some stupid shit I said, and I was like, honestly, thank you. But also, like, he 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 does such a good job of like curating the episode and like making it making it a lot of fun to listen to. Um, but I think that we had some really fun conversations, and like I said, can't wait to have them on our podcast. So, Correct. um, before we go, please make sure that you like, share, subscribe. Uh, to the podcast, especially if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please make sure that you leave a review. We haven't had any reviews in a while, so we would love it if you could leave us um, a rating and a review. Uh, and please make sure that you share it with your friends because um, we're doing some ooky spooky nonsense, and your friends would love it. Ooky spooky sure. shit. Ooky spooky shit. Um. We currently have a five star rating on Apple Podcasts, but only like twenty two like ratings. So I like, also, we need more. I really want to know who Pepe is. Uh, yeah, Pepe, we <laughs> Pepe, love you. I still want to know who you are, and I love you. We love you. Uh, <laughs> and uh, don't forget, we're also on Spotify. We're on um, SoundCloud. We're on um, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, basically everywhere. So basically just everywhere. listen, but subscribe, rate, leave a review, tell your friends, tell the people you hate, because I'm sure that this is some form of torture to them as well. Absolutely. And if you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the podcast, please email us, um, because just like our, our, our new friend, Buddy Candela, that is how he got in touch with us. Um, so, uh, if you're interested, send us an email at I spit in your mouth podcast at gmail.com. Uh, also, don't forget that we have a website and you can listen to our podcast directly from the website. You can also uh, message us there uh, and it's really cute. I put it together. It's uh, I spit in your mouth.com. Very easy to remember. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at I spit in your mouth. Uh, you can follow the podcast on Twitter as well, even though I don't know how to use it on I Spit in Your Mouth, but it's your as in you are because Twitter only gives you so many characters for your handles, which is dumb. And then you can also find me on Instagram at Dottie Spartans as D-O-T-T-Y-S-P-A-R-T-A-N-S. And you can follow me at Gulia Spartans, G-H-O-U-L-I-A-S-P-A-R-T-A-N-S. And we just want to wish you a lovely uh memorial day weekend this will be coming out on so have a lot of fun be safe if you're vaccinated celebrate by uh hugging your family and 
loving each other. And uh, if you're not vaccinated, please, uh, you know, continue to to social distance and wear your mask until uh, you're able to and get also vaccinated. And just fucking get vaccinated. Yeah, I mean, everybody under the age of everybody over the age of twelve, I believe now, can in be New vaccinated York. In, in New York, York State. Uh, I'm not sure what uh, your state is, but you know, get vaccinated. It's super important. Uh, and until we see you again, please make sure that you are um, checking under the mo- under the bed for monsters, and um, that you are. Uh, being very very nice to that groundskeeper because um, I'm sure that if he dies in some horrific accident he's going to come back and try to kill you Um, so (laughs) uh, be safe wear your masks get vaccinated but most importantly creep it real real.